0: The root of our troubles is this belief that we are separate from our something in relation to life, or something finite that's cut off. There's a conditioned position of separateness, there's the conditioned belief in separateness. The suffering that happens when it happens seems to be based in the ideas of what we are and what this is the sense of me will never be satisfied with how life is appearing there are all these thoughts sensations concerns that come up that make it seem like there's an actual problem here that needs to go away that needs to be fixed eventually we can start to question if things really do need to change to feel okay can I actually find the, the problem holder? Can I find the thinker of the thought? Can I find the one that is benefiting from experience or one that's inconvenienced by experience? And in that process, let go of the ideas of what we are and what this is. Then what we find is the inherent contentment of what we are the peace that we are that's always been here no matter how it appears it's not that you can have an experience and then you merge with the absolute there's just the putting down or loosening of the grip on the idea that we are separate nothing needs to be gained or attained because we're just noticing actively what's already the case This is already liberating itself. This is already enlightening itself. You're already that. You're already enlightenment. You're already liberation. Nothing needs to change. The invitation is just to see if what we believe to be true is actually there.
1: So we create these little whirlpools of separateness in the river of reality one reality flowing along perfectly there's nothing wrong with the whirlpools but there's a kind of a, a deep pull to be flowing with the river again not not as a whirlpool anymore get to know all of your experiences as just sacred and profound no, there's no mistake in any experience, it just wants to be known, experience wants to experience this, reality wants to experience this If you look beyond what your mind interpretation of this is, you'll see something else. You'll see something deeper. You'll see the profundity of what we are, of what this is, of what these emotions are, that nothing is meaningless and just an attack on you. And that all is sacred, all is holy. Every single emotion is absolutely sacred, is a a gift, is a messenger. When you find yourself in line with truth, everything relaxes we lean into it you lose yourself within the embrace you hold it so closely that you lose yourself and the thing you're leaning into in the embrace of it you are realizing that reality is just a source of spontaneously occurring infinitely unique like fountains of experience just always coming up and disappearing and always coming up and disappearing and then the sides of the fountain go back into the pool that the fountain's coming up from and then it comes up and again and it's brand new and it's fresh and so there's nothing wrong with it it's all come from that source which is at the bottom of the fountain the pool of water it's then sprayed up and it looks like all these different patterns and then it falls back down back into the source and it comes back up the second you start going against one particular pattern... And going... That's wrong... I don't like the way this pattern feels... You solidify that pattern into ice... It's solidified... You slow it down... It's like it ter- it's like It's like it's vibration... and it becomes dense... And it's becomes solid... And it becomes reified... And you... You're, it's now you against this pattern... And I'm going to defeat this thing... Whereas really... There's... In reality you can just let that appear and realize it's just another perfectly unique perfectly appropriate appearance (laughs) that will dissolve and arise as something new if you just allow it to it just because it just energy is constantly transforming and changing and appearing and constantly transforming and changing spontaneously and over and over and over it's just a release and release and release So you've just noticed the river (laughs) is already flowing
2: and let yourself get swept along. Typically, hope is viewed as, as something positive, as a source of strength and motivation. But hope indicates a gap between your experience of reality and the eventual attainment of that thing that you're desiring. Hope is a subtle reinforcement of the belief in separation because you're separate from the whole, from the world, from the universe. You're kind of defined by what you're not. So what's true fulfillment then? True fulfillment is not found in the attainment of desires or in changing your present experience, but in recognizing the wholeness that's already present, the completeness of our immediate experience, unencumbered by conceptual desires or hopes or aspirations in backing away from what is you're actually moving away from truth when you lean into what is you're actually leaning into truth ultimately you can't back away from reality because everything is reality but what you're doing is you're believing that the thing you're avoiding the thing that you don't want is not reality that's the point so i'm going to back away from it I'm going to fight it, I'm going to do all sorts of things to try to fix it, uh, to fix myself. The more you try to exclude your experience, the more excluded you feel because it's a part of you in some way. The more you fight your experience, the more you're fighting yourself and the more pain you experience. So what is here is already embraced by you, by reality. No experience is unbearable. Awareness is embracing this sphere. It's it's already embracing it. Really, it's a pattern of energy. And that pattern of energy, that little whirlpool, is already included in the infinite body of water. It's included, it's here. So the inclusion has already happened. It's a given, but the conclusion can change the conclusion can be released. So we have to let go of what we want and accept what's already here. When we accept what's here, the possibility opens up. Because this is all, this is infinite potential. This, whatever this is, is infinite potential, shaping itself in different ways, manifesting from itself in different forms. And it's always in flux it's always in a changeful state what it is in essence is changeless but its manifestations are infinite so when i say accept it i mean recognize that it's already accepted and then the possibility opens up i'm not saying that then you'll suddenly have the life you want it's more like the potential is seen for what it is the infinite possibility of life of this radiating power and nothing is set in stone. The
1: workings of the mind or the ego, you could say, and all of the identification with that keeps us bound. And the key is going to direct experience. That's your key to the lock. The lock is undone because you're straight out. There was no cage. You're just straight there. The cage disappears. The lock disappears. Um, so it's the ultimate key you could say the skeleton key is to go to direct sensory experience because it's just it's beyond it's beyond um, any entrappings of the mind the mind can't go there it can't it just can't it's too immediate it's too beyond the, the mind's uh, fathomings the feeling it's direct sensation is an immediate, and timeless freedom from what you seem to be entrapped by from all of your locks going directly there is just like it's gone where did the stuff go where did the problems go where did all of my thoughts about everything go the, the mental prison that I seem to be ruminating in and entrapped by where did it go when I go to direct beyond neutrality in a way but it's just totally neutral it's, it's unconditional love in a way it just is Absolutely beyond all of the stuff your mind would create problems out of. And so you're immediately freed from your from your lock. It's the the key. You can be freed from from these locks at any time. Here, now, then that's where it becomes timeless and spaceless. It's because it's always available here and now eternally. And it doesn't have a placement or location. It doesn't you don't need to go anywhere to get it the freedom to go and get the key. It's just immediate here.
2: Yeah, the lock is identification. Where there's identification, there's a sense of deficiency being locked into our beliefs, our self-concepts. That limits us severely. It puts us in jail. We're separate from the world. We're separate from everything we seek. These identities get subtler and subtler. Somehow I'm locked into that identity and it separates me from any other possibility. So yeah, this constant narration of the mind, this constant storytelling of the mind hypnotizes us to stay focused on a particular set of beliefs. This is how the world is. This is how you are. Don't deviate from it. Stay in this comfortable, Prison cell, and the key is direct experience. There's this other realm of wholeness. There's wholeness in the direct experience of any experience, in the direct appreciation of any experience. Really feeling it, sensation level, non interpretive, experiencing of anything go to what's real and the unreal falls away. The ego can't live in direct experience. There's a looseness and there's a relaxation that happens when you align experientially with the natural consent of reality. From
0: this single, boundless, eternal field of experiencing, field of knowing, the play of opposites arises when thought is believed, suddenly there is this idea that the infinite could be finite. creates the play of diversity, of apparent distinction, but only ever in thought, never in truth. And it's beautiful, it's amazing that this is even possible, that the infinite could explore and celebrate itself as apparent distinction, apparent finitude, there seems to be an inherent joy in being able to play with this idea. But because this only ever exists in thought, if we as this field of experiencing believe our ideas about ourselves and what this is more than our non-conceptual, felt knowing of what we are, of what this is, then we start to suffer because what we are is infinite and we could never actually be lacking. There is only one. There is only this. And so that suffering is an invitation to remember the truth of what you are. It is the alarm clock in the dream of your expression the dream of existence. There's there's relief in recognizing that what this is, no matter how it appears, is always whole, always complete, intrinsically, inherently, regardless of what's being believed. We are this field of aliveness, this, this space of radiant being that's aware of the body, that's aware of thought, that's aware of these textures of experience and what knows the texture of experience is also inherently free, inherently untouched by the notion of needing to seek at all, the notion of forgetting. It is the aliveness itself that is paradoxically coming home to itself. It's just a matter of misperception. We haven't fallen from heaven, been cast out the kingdom of God and need to do all these things to be granted re-entry. The sense of division is just a after-effect of prioritizing thought about experience over the felt sense of experience. You are already whole. You're already complete. There are no parts of you. In truth there aren't even appearances. There's just the appearance of experiencing. The single continuum, undivided, indivisible, intrinsically whole expression of the potentiality that you are. There's just this luminous, radiant miracle of experiencing, and everything else is an afterthought. Being someone inside a body listening to a voice. That's an afterthought. It is an interpretation of experience. That interpretation is included in this exploration of what you are as experiencing, so there's nothing wrong with it. But it doesn't actually define what you are. There is just this field of experiencing. There is just oneness, wholeness, The one light that you are, exploring its potentiality for being, for existence. That's where we start. What's primary is this field of experiencing. The essence of this. The thisness of this. The love that you are. That's where we start. Always. Before the first thought arises and is believed. There's just the sense of being.
3: What's the engine of reality? You know, well, we have no words for that. We have no possibility of understanding what that is. But whatever it is, it's, it's doing everything, including what we could call misperception and misunderstanding and delusion and imagination uh, that something has been lost. I mean, that all of that is the doing of reality. There's just this infinite reality intelligence whatever that is the the genesis of all of this you know that's given rise to all that we call the the world the manifest world that seems to have split itself into countless parts and pieces and expressions you know life forms and so on and all that this it has given rise to is of course a manifestation of that fundamental reality right in the human forms that reality has given rise to there is this belief that somehow we've been cast out of the totality right what we are is the very thing we've been looking for when we don't recognize what we are the brilliance the radiance that we are and everything is then at some level there's some amount of it stands to reason just logically right that there would be some discontent about that humans seem to be searching for a sense of well-being sense of Fulfillment, a sense of contentment—we have this natural pull to enjoyment. And then, of course, we experience the other side of that equation, which is frustration and tension and stress, and you know the different forms that human suffering can take, which can often prompt the search. Uh, it's never—it's never been lost, actually. It's never nothing's ever been lost. It can't be lost because there's only reality if there was no if there was no belief in separation then it's done there's no search there is no separation in experience like the moment really is like a single happening it's not multiple it, it's talked about like there's multiple multitude of things happening but in experience it's one happening isn't it it's one undivided happening where's the division no division in experience and that's the return home, That you know, the, the home that we've always been, we've never left, you know, the, the undivided. There it is, there's no division. So we can find it everywhere and in anything and in any moment. We don't have to have any particular kind of circumstance or experiences to recognize what we're talking about because they're all the same in the sense of what they are fundamentally. And how amazing that our normalcy is this rainbow This unbelievable, brilliant appearance that at the same time, when investigated, can't be found to be something solid and fixed and identifiable. Just our everyday life, in that sense, it's nothing special, even though it's the most special thing. It's the miracle. But the miracle is everywhere and everything, you know, we don't have to correct our experiences because every experience is the miracle that we're looking for
1: our human mind is so used to making things complicated and achieving something we veer off into this kind of sort of pseudo world of thoughts because we're just so so caught up into the human experience and that that's the only thing it's just how how hypnotic the mind is and how strong that pull is to, towards Having to do something to make something. When you let go of everything and you don't try and do anything whatsoever, presence is here. Of course it was always here prior to any trying and all of that stuff anyway. But it's here, it's the one thing you can count on. (laughs) It's the one no thing or thing or whatever you want to call it that you can count on. It's just here. Life is here, like God is here, the absolute is here. Powering this moment, absolutely saturating every single aspect of this moment without needing to try to get to the absolute. It's really too simple for words, as it's been said a million times, of course, but it's so counter to how we feel generally. It feels like I need to try and do this and that and this and that to get to somewhere so I can then experience non duality, whatever my idea of non duality is. We seem to make it difficult <laughs> it's actually incredibly simple. This moment is already happening. It's so it's when you get really simple with it, you start to be able to appreciate that's the case already. And there's a kind of relaxing into it naturally. When you notice that this is already happening, that presences or awareness or whatever name you want to give this ineffable, substanceless, sentient substance (laughs) Um, It the fact it's already here once you recognise that you you just sort of relax into it and realise okay I don't need to make this happen it's always here, this is always my anchor it's always absolutely safe and present and it's just a case of not allowing your assumptions and interpretations to tell you what that is not going for your cartoon world of separate objects and events and people and things and going to the direct experience of this inseparable event. So the simpler you can get with what's here now the better really for appreciating this. It's always here regardless of whether you're being complicated or being simple but it's easier to appreciate it when you're being very approaching it very simply and you can explore it more deeply from there there's the intelligence there you can do this with absolutely everything and uh it's again it's just it's being with reality directly it's going with the direct intelligence that is there and it's just inviting you
2: every moment this presence is the very fabric of reality what is presence presence is this presence is this isness, this suchness of the only moment there is. This is a perpetual, endless moment. Presence is this here ness, is this now ness, the only here ness, the only now ness. Presence is absolute, it's not dualistic, it doesn't have an opposite, it's not relative. Presence absolutely saturates, permeates everything, and everything is made of presence, the very nature of all things is this presence we're pointing to. It's not presence and that which is present, there's only presence because presence is absolute. And Like you said if you just get really simple, just here now you know it is self affirming, it's knowable because it's all you know. So when you feel directly into experience you don't find you and the thing you're being with the experience you're experiencing you only find being you only find experiencing you only find the intimacy the immediacy of presence you only need to let go of your assumptions put aside your concepts be absolutely open heartedly non conceptually here just here just being you find this absolute sentient presence and work with The senses work with raw sensation. You don't find anything beyond the sensing. That's such an incredible recognition. It really is. You don't find anything beyond sensing. You know, the sensory experience of anything is non-dual. It's not to interpret the mind as being some problem. We don't mean to talk about the mind that way. That's not what we're saying thought is intelligence it is, it's a distorted contracted, dense version of intelligence but it is pure intelligence as well, we're just saying that there's another way you're used to the mind's way, the mind's route into this that it doesn't really lead to anything fruitful so drill into sensation the pure presence of sentient aliveness it presents as not feeling like it it presents as feeling like a person. It presents as the mundane life. It presents as a spiritual life. It presents as everything. That's really the point. It presents as everything and anything. What is it? Well, it's you. It's pure presence. It's sentient intelligence. You already are present. You already are here. And you are what you're searching for. The very presence is what you're searching for. Separate from a world of things in a vast universe there are countless things that are outside of us and therefore countless things to be fearful of. And so we're faced it seems with this ongoing process of micromanaging, trying to almost sort everything into two groups. What's desirable? What's fearful? We are looking for home. We're searching for home. We're searching for that safety, that warmth, that love, that embrace, that peace and contentment that comes from being absolutely home in your own skin. When we pay really close attention to what actually is present, we don't find different things. We discern the nature of what's appearing. You are reality manifesting this manifest experience there's full freedom, there's this celebratory exploration this is exploring itself this is looking in the mirror of itself and it's just reflecting itself so the invitation is to make peace with the actuality of what's appearing to re-know experience and what helps is to remember that the superficial appearance of what's appearing is not what it really is not to see anything as lower or higher, good or bad, but to see the true equality of experience. Reality has awoken through our capacity of awareness or consciousness or knowing. Reality has woken up through this knowledge I am, which is just wakefulness. It's the realization of existence. That's awakening, like awakening is already happening. It's this constant affirmation of being. You are experiencing. You don't, you, I don't even need to say you are. There is experiencing. There's experiencing. There's a switched on-ness. There's, a, a, there's an awakefulness. You're already awake. And all of this is illuminated within your wakefulness, animated within your enlightening capacity of knowing. This infinite... Space of reality is here to be explored, here to be renown anew, in a fresh way, in a loving way, in a in a way that reconciles consciously, experientially, the entirety of your experience. Every
1: single moment, no matter what appears, is just another fresh opportunity to realize there's nothing outside of you life. Whatever is happening right now is exactly perfect, is exactly the divine, is God, is how enlightenment feels to itself, how life feels to itself. You are home, you are already home. It's a recognition of what's already there. You are like a leaf that feels really vulnerable because it feels like it's separate from the tree. It's somehow separate from, it's like it's really not that different to that or a wave that somehow thinks it's separate from the ocean. No, you are made of the ocean. The fear is the belief that you are separate from the ocean and that the ocean is something you could drown in and die in. You don't have to go anywhere to find home. What is experiencing the distance from home is home itself. You're dreaming distance from home, (laughs) within home. So it takes you zero time, zero duration, duration to find your way back because you're already there, even when you're at a distance from home seemingly that's like the main advantage we have is delusion can be cut straight through in an instant by just a recognition of wait what's experiencing this what is this like a lucid dream You just takes you one moment to go wait does this wait what is this when you start to get more sensitive with experience more sensitive with who you are like just really sensitive to the nature of your experience and feel into the subtleties of what's arising all the time and keep coming back to that place, you start to notice it is an obvious recognition of what is already there. It's not something the ego thinks into itself into. Your body is a microcosm of reality. Your actual human body is a microcosm of reality. Your actual body is reality. And as reality, you are in all places at all times instantaneously. There are no places and times other than you. It's just immediate. So there's no space between you and something else. You are the space. (laughs) You are the experience. You just are immediately there. And the only way really to see that is to stop playing the games of otherness. It's literally already the case. Without you doing any mind gymnastics or anything
0: there's such a precious simplicity to this sense of being this field of experiencing that's all we we know when we focus on concepts this simplicity seems to be obscured in some way and you kind of lose yourself in the process of exploring that appearance because I am limiting myself to just this one fragment of my potential, I begin to suffer. And the funny thing is that suffering is part of this celebration. It's part of this exploratory process. The celebration of existence is to get lost in itself and then come back and then lost in itself and come back. And it's really just this delightful flow and you know when that's recognized it can actually be held in a lighter way it doesn't have to be as damning this is just home this is all happening within home it doesn't mean that anything has to be extinguished or annihilated or anything like that it's almost like an untangling just a noticing just a remembering just a aligning with where i already am there's just a deep sense of joy and kind of gratitude for the opportunity to express in that way and to explore myself that way we're always looking from that place we are already complete already fulfilled already whole not as a someone, not as a fragment of experience, but as experiencing itself, as the ground of this itself. And I feel like the ease in recognizing that just comes from seeing that we've been trying to get to where we are from what we're not, when all that needs to be noticed is that, oh, I'm already there. I'm not... Kind of limited or confined to the density or the burden of overcomplication that seems to be overlaid when i'm just identified with thought just believing myself to be this limited fragment of experience there's always the opportunity to recognize the the condition in which that play is appearing, to recognize the stage that is always itself, already evident, already fulfilled. And really, it's the softening of these these labels, these concepts that allow that to sing through. It's honesty and a willingness and an openness that is really all that's required. If I'm willing to tell myself the truth, then that freedom that's already here can be noticed more clearly as being already here. There's no attainment, I am already here now, already at home. What a relief.
2: This could have been blank, inexperienceable nothingness, just a void of emptiness, but reality has chosen to experience precisely what you are experiencing right now. This is what's given now. This is what's available. This is what you know. This is what's here. It's life. This is life. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when we start to break things down, but then in in another way, it's like, wow, this is life. Ah, all of this is life. Okay, that means nothing is foreign, nothing is alien, nothing is... threat. nothing is not life so it's everywhere I go it's it's everything I interact with engage with there is only the true state there is only what you are there is only home whatever seems real derives its reality from you from reality itself all we are ever aware of are phenomena or appearances not noumena or substances or objects or things like this is a chair and it exists independently of awareness to say it's a chair is to go into speculation is to go into an interpretation which is just an assumed position i'm presuming it's a chair i don't actually know that it's a chair but i know that there's an occurrence there's a kind of happening (laughs) there's an event so appearances are what constitute our experience not the things which we believe are real which are only presumptions all we ever have are just impressions or sense data this seamless array of sensory experiences just pure sensation just pure knowing just pure consciousness just pure awareness just pure experiencing and I'm not apart from them so they clearly are me and I am them I'm not merely the witness of them because I can't separate myself from them when I say myself I'm referring to what I'm just calling consciousness or awareness or experiencing but I don't know what I am but I know that I am and I know that these appearances are just this happening
1: no it's it's um it gets really weird and trippy when you start looking at it because um Reality has never become anything other than reality. It's that one thing that exists and is absolutely fine in itself, totally free of all of it. But it's playing some kind of game where it's splitting itself and splitting itself into different shapes. That's the situation we've got. We've got these little symbols that don't actually mean anything in themselves. They are the universe, the Big Bang, unfolding itself into this moment perfectly. They appear miraculously as a flash of energy and then we just interpret that energy to mean something and we turn that into a story that means something about who we are what we are it's not like there's not an actuality that's that we label a person or a tree like there's an actual event here but the event isn't something outside of ourselves like an object in a world that I'm somehow separate from it's an event within our experience that is an actuality whatever is experience itself life itself is that <laughs> event that we've labeled it really has a an actuality to it which is where which is why we can then buy into the fact there are objects and things' um, it's because it's because it has reality behind it. The force behind the experience is reality itself. It's the only actual thing, you know, to exist, it is reality, is experience ultimately, which can't be separated from reality. That's all that we know. And the shapes require being believed in in order to seem real. And that's all we've got really. We, we take these shapes to be real as that shape, as different from me, which is just, It's just the actuality perceiving itself as shapes of actuality. So we can see that it's just this miraculous occurrence that doesn't have any inherent meaning to it other than the fact that it is, which is inherently meaningful as the same as the sun is inherently meaningful in its unbelievable power and majesty of bright warmth, just super luminant
2: and and life-giving warmth. This moment is the heartbeat of reality, this unfolding of self-knowledge. Every experience is like a heartbeat. Every experience is embraced by the heart. You're getting to know yourself this way as that which is beyond description, beyond measure, beyond any kind of quantification. There is no wrong experience. The experiences that are unfolding are the experiences that are right for this moment, but suffering comes from limitation fixating on any given experience and believing that you are only that or believing that certain things are external outside of you fear comes from externalization there's no out there everything is within you within your true body within experiencing so you're always experimenting always experiencing always tasting, recognizing yourself. And spirituality is only about recognizing the obvious. What helps is to come to the non interpretive sensation of an experience. Energy. Energy is intelligence. You can trust the intelligence. Everything is welcome because everything is here. So the disillusion of fear and so the revelation of love comes from recognizing there is no external and no internal So you you delve into the deeper intelligence of what's present beyond interpretation and you taste that one taste, the one taste, the one flavor of life. And that's what you are. If we align consciously with the actuality of the moment, we see that, yeah, this is, this is what's here. There's no resistance because it's what's here. This is right because it's what's here. Experience is the presentation of reality and experiencing is the exploration of reality. You are presenting yourself to yourself. You are engaged always in the process of self knowledge, self realization. This intelligence that you can always trust is built into everything because it is everything. Everything is that. That is what everything is made of. It can present as exactly what you're experiencing right now. All of these sights, these sounds, these smells, these tastes and thoughts. From that place, the idea of trying to accept what is becomes redundant because it's already happening. So this is a kind of a radical yes. And when we tune into it, we experience a deeper quality of okayness, of equanimity, of contentment what you want is actually what's here and
1: I know that's difficult to believe but it has to be true on some level because it's what's here it can't be other it's actually what's here it's what's actual what the mind wants isn't what's actual it's like a fantasy some small version this pseudo version of reality this made up thing that it thinks it wants based on its limited information and what it's learned about life and others and what it thinks a human being should want. But the actual want is what's here now, whatever that is. And that's like, this is like a really difficult thing to to accept for the mind because that's whatever is appearing in whatever way it's appearing without changing even one thing in the slightest, slightest sense which is flies in the face of what human being how human beings tend to think doesn't it you go well i I don't want this pain i i don't want this pain but that's from a human being point of view that's from a little mind's point of view that's from you know a very limited point of view but if you take yourself to to know yourself as the whole of reality as the self or god It's going to have a slightly different perspective on that isn't it (laughs) it's gonna it's not gonna see pain or difficulty through the same lens that your little mind is viewing it for you it's gonna see it as divine amazing qualities that it wants to experience it wants to it wants to know itself in every possible way and the difficulty i think we have is when we actually try to resist that in some way we we kind of try to go against that it's um it's the very wanting to change it that seems to cause a lot of the uh, the con- persistence of it we try and s- stop that happening and try and make reality fit into some some kind of small self some mind version of what reality is
0: There's so much screaming and shouting from the goic activity within this process of like, oh, I really need to get something. I need to figure this out because then something horrible will happen or I won't, I won't be free. I won't, you know, whatever it says, but I feel like it just gets to a point where there's so much gratitude for even being in the position to be in this apparent unfolding of coming home to where we've never left. And there's more to this that meets the eye. You don't have to go anywhere for it to be the case, to to be clear. It's just a matter of pulling back the layers and letting what's already, already here, the vibrancy of true nature, the vibrancy of God, the vibrancy of existence to shine through and ultimately what seems to be obscuring that is none other than another expression of that same vibrancy that we seem to be trying to get back to or to remember to experience that's all we're actually experiencing and true freedom is Recognizing that, that what we're looking for, what we're yearning for, that invitation to come home, that yearning to remember the truth of what we are as this is already here, already the case. And therefore, any thoughts that come into experience, that that, that this is not enough, that another experience needs to be had in order for something to be someone to be more uh, along the path for this whole uh, saga of spiritual awakening and self-realization to be complete and it's not true at all that's that's another mode of exploring the potentiality of this the celebration of this but as long as we believe that we're somebody on a journey, we'll miss the journey. We'll miss what that journey is made of, which is already the finish line, the starting point and the finish line kind of meld together. And there's just this, there's just relaxing into already home. It's the greatest gift I could ever give to myself. It's just a blessing to be here no matter what the texture of here looks like. It gets to a point where there's just this ongoing thank you that seems to hum steadily in the background of experience. And all this is right here. It's readily available. The seeming process of awakening isn't about attaining anything. It isn't about getting to... A certain state, having certain perceptual changes or experiences, the totality recognizes itself as just being that already naturally. This noticing of what's true already seems to be the product of subtraction of ideas, seeing through beliefs, seeing through assumptions, and recognizing what's already the case. It's recognizing that what was veiling truth was the assumptions that you as life were layering on top of it. Awakening and recognition isn't the addition of an experience, the addition of finally having something, or finally attaining a certain state. It's the willingness to put down a previously insisted upon position, a belief. The pointer, the seeker never wakes up, is absolutely true, because awakening doesn't happen or unfold for someone. It doesn't happen to or for an apparent individual that's on an enlightenment journey. The recognition of truth, of the truth of what you are and the truth of what you're not, appears for life itself. There's only this. Once that's recognized, this softening of ignorance, dissolving of assumptions and beliefs, can unfold in a much more easeful and playful manner. It's not the goal for truth to know itself as just beauty or just love compassion all these clarity all these um qualities that we feel like we need more of they're already here these qualities are what this what you are made of or it could be said perhaps more accurately these qualities are made of you and so if it seems like you know the life that i'm living is missing something. There's not enough contentment here. There's not enough ease, not enough peace. That yearning for those qualities comes from the sense of separation. I need to be in bliss all the time, because then I will be complete. Then life will be worth living. Then I will have the life that I want. But the life that you are, wants this exact moment, the life that you are wants this exact texture of experiencing that's happening right now. The life that you are is deeply in love with every expression of itself. It wants to know itself this way, this way, this way. This apparent process, continues as this infinite unfolding of consistently recognizing that this experiencing is enlightenment itself. It is enlightenment. It's made of enlightenment. You are enlightenment. True nature, what you are, can recognize itself, can come home to itself where it's always been. Just loosen your grip on what you think you know, and you'll discover This felt sense of experience that's deeply and non-conceptually known. There's only authenticity. There's only the actuality of this. There's only life. Every texture is it. Every experience is made of truth.
1: This is already the absolute, you could say. It's already God. But you're not quite recognizing it. You're viewing through this lens of contraction, which is fears built on top of fears and all of our fears are monsters in the closet monsters under the bed phantoms in in our mind you could say and everything that happens in one's life is just a kind of an unfoldment to get one to face one's fears over and over until we see that these fears aren't real there's only love you could say it's just opportunity after opportunity for love to reclaim itself to look at what's appearing as fear and reclaim it because the fears are baseless because they're not built on anything they've got no grounds to them they carry on because we don't look at them you never look in the closet and so you never find out that there's no monster there so sort of the deeper we go into it the deeper we can see we open closet after closet after closet there's no monster there and uh, you know you keep expecting to find oh if I open this closet I'll find a monster okay okay There's no one, there's nothing there if in this closet. Again, no monster. And all we find is sensation, which in itself, it doesn't have any problems attached to it. It's just sensation. But the story that gets put on the sensation has problems. There are monsters within the story. But the sensation itself, which is something much closer to truth than the story, doesn't have that issue. It is just open and free. And it becomes very clear through this investigation go deeper and deeper and deeper through it it requires a bit of courage because it is uncomfortable to open these closet doors to look under the bed over and over and over again we just keep looking and keep looking and it may become very obvious that everything in our lives is a kind of perfect unfoldment constantly facing our fears in either small or larger ways and so when the contractions are released you're viewing clearly you've cleaned that lens
2: life seems to forget itself and in its forgetting of itself it creates something that seems other than life the real manifests out of itself within itself and seems to be ignorant of its true self it's like looking through two lenses at once like wearing a pair of glasses and one lens is fear one lens is desire and it kind of comes together in your vision as one contracted projection so yeah that's what you see that's what you experience grasping aversion when you get close to experience and ask what is this really it reveals richness truth and therefore wisdom the word wisdom is closely related to the concept of knowing or seeing in a deeper or more insightful way wisdom is knowing wisdom is seeing so when you get close to an experience really really close i don't just mean through radical empiricism get close to experience so you open your heart to it and so you really get to know it intimately so you really understand it so you really know it inside out then it reveals such a depth of truth of the very fabric of reality actually so we're not trying to get rid of anything in fact we're doing the opposite we're recognizing the inclusion of everything everything is included and that's love you know if it's included even this fear in and as the wholeness of of reality itself then that can change the experience of it quite naturally and organically without doing anything to it So, change does happen because this reality is always in a fluid flux-like state. Change is inevitable. Rather than trying to change, just recognise change happens. And if you find you can't love something, then can you love your inability to love it? And recognise the context in which that difficulty arises. It's within the space of awareness held within this unconditional embrace.
4: Suffering comes from the belief in separation, identification, a movement to believing a concept and taking it as reality. And we're in the realm of illusion at that point. When we feel the feeling of lack, when we feel the feeling of desire to complete or fear that we have to protect. But what is it that's unconditioned? What is it that's ever present? What is it that's completely natural? effortless, just here, so naturally, as natural as the sky. That which nothing can be given to or taken away from. It's consciousness which is free from everything and yet so intimately one with everything. That realization is a, is a beginning. It's in everyday life where awakening comes to its completion. This freedom, can happen on a meditation cushion or in a quiet room and it can also happen on the street or in a boardroom or even in an argument with someone. We can recognize our nature as awareness. We can recognize that this appearance of a person is made of that same awareness and there's this silent, intimate connection which is not even a connection at all, it's an undividedness. And we see that we're relating to ourselves in the form of another person. And so often people relate to labels. And as we're relating to the thought, we're missing the alive, vital, spontaneous experience of that person, which is the experience of awareness itself. And it's not that we don't do the practical thing, that we have to live up to an ideal of, of a Buddha or a peaceful monk, we live our life, do the most loving, practical thing. But as we do it, noticing the silence in our shared experience, that the same silence that's deep in my heart is the same silence in your heart. Noticing that amidst the movement of talking and relating and working, there's a stillness there There's an open space around and behind and within everything. And noticing how that same silence is in the other person or in the situation. People come to us and situations come to us. And there are always opportunities to learn more about ourselves. So relationships are really a bringing out of things that are unconscious and brings them into the light. And often the problem that comes up or a conflict, it's not about that problem or conflict itself. The idea for me is not to solve that conflict. I'm seeing the deeper opportunity to notice what this is bringing up in me so that I can observe it. It's indicating something in me that is still to be met or met more deeply. And I look at an opportunity that arises to see how that thing that brought the charge is also a thing that's in me. I can touch it with awareness, I can touch it with love, I can allow it to emerge and run its course naturally and I see that it integrates rather than being something to push down or something I'm not aware of, wow, look what came up. And then it it flows into and becomes absorbed into awareness And so it's an opportunity for the self to experience itself in these unique ways because of the infinite multiplicity and diversity of characters and situations that arise within us. If We look at where's the boundary between you and I and we try to find it. There's just this alive experiencing. It's almost as if awareness is coming back awaken to itself in every possible form. One of the images I love is of a fountain. We can imagine ourselves as fountains side-by-side as we're relating. The fountain surges up from one lake, one source. As it so gloriously shoots up into the air, it takes its own form. The droplets are going in different directions and they're different sizes and shapes but they're all made of water and we can relate knowingly from there welcoming all these different aspects of ourselves for the joy and curiosity and desire to explore what I am in all these different forms
5: we're going to lose someone we're going to have a, mass, a serious health crisis life will literally say here let me let me mess this up in your life you know it happens these things happen um, and we're talking about heavy stuff, and now now it's just in your face. You have to go in, in, in. And what we wanna do is we wanna zoom past it. We wanna zoom so close into our experience or meditate ourselves into oblivion. With, with deeper clarity, you start to almost deconstruct everything with deep inquiries or very direct potent inquiries into the nature of the sense fields, so to speak, or um, maybe into consciousness. The approach of being very direct and empirical about what you're experiencing in real time. And that's powerful work. It's very powerful work. But if you think that's the only work that you have to do with this whole process, um, you're fooling yourself. We're, We're really overlooking something. If regular life, like conventional life, is, is falling apart or there are major changes or there's something that really just needs to be addressed to take responsibility for what you're doing as a, as a human in this relative life. Um, sometimes that just really needs to be addressed. What, what we're talking about in my estimation is where the, the, integra- the, the disintegrative meets the integrative. And when disintegration and integration find this sort of natural balance, it actually brings things deeper, deeper. You'll find this balance. So there are different ways to approach this at different times for you, and you you know just trust your intuition on how to move through it and move with it.
6: If you want to get in a place of receiving, you have to suspend your certainty. An interpretation is in a way a certainty about something. Interpretation says, "I'm certain that this is the case." No interpretation can touch. The rawness of experiencing. All that's happening here in this experience is just this seamless influx of raw data. Nothing changes what you are. Anything that's illusion cannot stand and anything that's true just stands without effort. So all one really needs to do is just not give weight to thought. And don't let them become interpretation. And even if you do, nothing changes. You are just simply experiencing the rawness of interpretation. And that's what's realized in quote-unquote enlightenment. It's, it just gets more and more simple. More and more simple. It's not the presence of a new interpretation. It's the absence of an interpretation. So enlightenment is uh, anti, anti-doing, anti-interpretation. Like even the thing that you're using as a spiritual way to transcend your experience is not it. Even the interpreter is realized as an interpretation in itself. Even the one saying, this is all unity, even, even that. It's not even that. It's like there's a, a movement from an imposition so where i was imposing something on reality and saying you are this you are non-duality you are peace you are blah, 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 to this receptive state where there's a pure receiving of whatever reality is appearing to be whether that's unity or not unity or multiplicity or non-multiplicity suffering or not suffering peace anger, whatever. It's like reality is telling me what it is instead of me imposing an interpretation on reality. So, you know, let your mind get noisy. Who cares? Who cares? You're going to cause yourself so much grief trying not to think. Like, that's what a mind is. Um, you know, there's not some thing called a mind that, that does thought. The, the mind is thought. It is uh, interpretation, it, it, that's what it is. You are independently of thought. Independently of thought, you are. Whether you have thoughts or not, you are. Whatever thoughts you have, you are. There's this isness, this vibrancy, this aliveness, this awareness, the consciousness that is not affected by thought. So it's the the idea is really to like live in the spirit of this raw experiencing, be in the spirit of raw experiencing. Don't believe that you need to add something to your experience, and that makes experience very simple. The realization that reality doesn't need to show up as something, this this certainty that we have is 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 out of the realm of mind it's it's not the mind's certainty like i'm certain meaning i know for sure this is a certainty in not knowing a certainty of uncertainty my whole life i'd felt like and i'm sure many many people who are seekers including everyone listening has at some point felt like you're here and other people got this like manual for how to do life and the rest of us are just sitting here like, where's my manual? <laughs> Why do I feel like an alien? When the awakening happened, what I felt was this massive perspective over my entire life, as if it had been orchestrated, designed, meticulously planned, and was going exactly as it should. This is chosen. Everything had been for this, whatever this thing was, it had orchestrated everything and it had planned and executed everything exactly as it wanted. Um, and we we're all part of this plan or this game thing, this mission. I, I don't know, there's there's no word to describe it. It's not It's not anything that we can say in our own words. And I also sense like there's a deliberate non-remembering there's a deliberate forgetting of this higher thing. We have no idea it's there. We have no idea. Sometimes we can feel it just as traces, but when we're sort of below the veil, there's no sign of it at all. The veil is like so deliberately thick so that we like, you know, get this incentive to break out of it. So it's like, totally on purpose that we feel lost so that we can struggle our way back to something or try find something if we didn't feel that the density and the small contracted experience of earth we would not pursue transcendence of any kind it's like this is a rare case this is a rare rare case being on earth confused lost feeling small and separate from everything and everyone is a very rare desirable state if you if you could think for a moment if you had no biases if you didn't prefer oneness over separation wouldn't you go for an incarnation which is completely different to anything else you've experienced If you've only ever experienced a perfect non-dual perception and you've only ever experienced the oneness of all things, wouldn't you just go for, you know, that one part of the park that nobody's going to because it just looks like a little bit different? You know, that's really how it is. It's like this is an ultra ultra desirable incarnation. And it's like if you're here, know that you are very much ready to be here. You're very much equipped to handle what, what life on Earth is going to bring to you, otherwise you wouldn't be here. It's like, you only make it to here if you can be. So, as isolated as we feel, as alien as we feel, as separate as we feel, just know that you are like totally kitted out.
7: Non-duality must include it must include our humanity. And knowledge of self must perfuse our humanity and our life. So our divine nature must know itself within all of us. All of us. And that self-knowledge diffuses into us and it becomes the source of greater and greater non-dual realisation. You become knowing of yourself throughout all of your humanity. Every aspect of your humanity becomes a link to your non-duality. And that actually amplifies your realisation of non-duality. The conflict between dual and non-dual dissolves in the realization of your own humanity as the seat of your divinity. And then your relationships with others, your relationships with the world, the way that you work, all of these things which at first you were taught were distractions come full circle and end up becoming the fuel for your realization and the living of it, which then becomes more realization itself. You become like a... like a fire, like everything in your life is fuel to the fire of your divinity. There's something misleading about many non-dual teachings that I encountered where it was being sold as this like get out of jail free card like no matter what happens in your life this will be the antidote and that's very appealing because we have problems and we suffer and but what I found is that none of them have been that none of them have lived up to it instead what I'm finding by going more and more into my humanity and my darkness is that life becomes smoother and I don't feel the need to have some perfectly ordered divine life like the messiness is is sacred. There's a sacredness within chaos that once realized and understood more and more deeply makes life far smoother and then you don't need to like i don't feel the need to push away my life in the attempt to reach a spiritual ideal like i want the messiness of my life because i'm aware that the messiness is the fuel of my own divine realization so I don't need to be in resistance to it. I think of it. our human life as a, like a rosebud and it, the petals are closed in which is our lack of awareness of ourself, both spiritually and within the depths of our human experience and all the things that we've banished from our consciousness because it was too stressful to experience that at the time. The spirit is already open. And then having a realization of that place, it's like the spirit then goes, okay, body, mind, lifetime, become like me. What I started to experience was like an unfurling of those petals of my humanity so that my human rose could match and mirror my spiritual rose, like the lotus flower. And that unfurling requires awareness like it's the awareness that creates the unfurling which means that awareness has to go into that place it has to go into the petal and the petal here representing our experience and if that experience was a very stressful, distressing childhood experience that has become ingrained within our personality that's going to be a challenging experience most of the time to do that we can't find a place of enlightenment that will somehow magically give us a pass through all of that, like we don't have to go there. Ultimately, it will, f- it will come down to us and our willingness to go into those places. Pure spirit is very spacious, but it really needs to be brought into our humanity. When we talk about non-duality, and we're talking about just the witness, then we're not really talking about non-duality. We're talking about a duality where I am spirit and everything else is not spirit. So it's dual. Whereas non-dual requires a deep, deep level of integration. And what I found in that process is that the more my consciousness descends into my humanity, which means Meeting all of my emotions. So my my spirit my awareness is meeting my emotions in my body and Coming to terms with everything that's happened in my life and Dissolving all of that and working through it in a way that integrates matter and memory into consciousness and presence so they become whole that wholeness to me is what non-duality is and it never ends like there's never going to be a a point where i can go oh i am now non-dual like perfectly like i will Mm. constantly be discovering more because the infinite has no conclusion like there will be no Mm. end to this um and that means going into all the deepest darkest parts of myself too and discovering the truth of my psyche Like, who am I really? Like, not only on the level of spirit, but on the level of relativity, personality, instinct, all of those things. And that can open up in such incredible ways of somehow knowing yourself deeply and intimately as human across many levels of your humanity, including very fragile levels, wounded levels, and simultaneously knowing yourself as the divine. And... That, that doesn't, that there's no confusion within that, that realization, that there's actually a kind of smoothness to it, like a natural flow of it. Our awakening is one awakening. We are, we are being awakening to ourselves. What I'm hoping will illuminate in these, this series of conversations is that there's a dynamism to our paths that they change over time and they're unique to us and what i've found in myself is that things go most smoothly when i'm able to flow with and honor the uniqueness of my own path in that moment which might mean deviating from what i had believed and then life becomes more wonderful when you're able to be in that place. So set ourselves free in a different way. Not only free within our spirit, but free within our humanity, free within all the different layers of our psyche, which include many layers that have been oppressed and suppressed through the generations in our culture. Parts of us that we need to reclaim in order to live as a full human being which is really where I believe non-duality is pointing us towards us being a full human being so that means being applying what you have learned the wisdom and the realizations that you have learned in the light to the dark so that the two can wed they come together and you become free on all levels. Your personality will be strongest in a certain type of path. And you might actually just need a different path. And ultimately, you're the only one who's gonna be able to know that for sure, which is why having an understanding of yourself is so important. You can know where you need to go. The goal is a deep, rich, integrated state of being from which you can live a life that you really genuinely want. The sense of joy and love and peace, like this deep sense of, sort of interconnection with life and with our world, you can have it all, but it will take work to get there. To become the most non-dual that you can become requires entry. You have to enter into life. Enter into your life, who you are yeah. on so many different levels and and bring everything that you've learned with you so that it's not just knowledge. Not that there's anything wrong with knowledge, but it becomes more. It becomes the way that you live your life. It becomes what your life is. Your life just is wow. it. Like These days, for me, I... I don't have any lofty spiritual goals. I am human and my humanity is my realization. Like that's that's where I am and what I'm realizing about humanity is just just becoming more and more profound every day. I feel like my body and my humanity is just like a cache of treasures. Like The more awareness that I bring into my humanity, the more jewels I find. And some of them are so difficult to describe, but it's like they... It's like unlocking, unlocking like just knowledge, like treasure chests of knowledge held within the body that unravel the mysteries of life and the universe. Like the universe starts to make more sense my connectedness with the universe and with all life becomes more real and tangible. Like, I feel it, literally. Like, as flows of life force through my body. It's not some abstract thing, it's completely alive. And it's transforming my perception of myself and my place within our living cosmos in a way where I know that I belong that I am a part of this vast entity that is my own self. It's making tangible all the things that are said about in non-duality, so that you know them. And the gems of realization that are held within the body, sometimes they are guarded by dark, your own darkness. So, in a in the mythological sense, there's a a battle that is waged that looks like going through your own personal turmoil and then bringing consciousness to it, and that means that just things will just come up. Like I'm not like okay today I am going to work through my darkness of this part and that's that done. It's like no it. it It comes up because it got triggered by somebody and what they said and then I know that I'm going into it and then it's like okay like what gifts like what what will this become like who will I be after I truly meet this part of myself.